Hi, I'm Cornell. I'm Glenroy. And I'm Kareem. And welcome to the Fish Tea Podcast, where... Three hair-whipping, heel-strutting Jamaican queens talk about LGBTQ politics, pop culture... Growing up in the Caribbean, life in the diaspora, and the work it takes to sustain love, life, and laughter in the midst of all the white noise. We're giving you everything, honey. Get into this mug. We're serving you a hot cup of fish tea. Bottom up. <laughs> oh, gosh. So how are you all doing this week? Uh, this making The making of this episode has been a bit challenging, and I apologize for the difficulties I might have created on my part. But how have your weeks been? What have y'all been up to? Oh my God, it's totally fine. You have been living your best life, and we look forward to hearing all about that in a second. Uh, I mean, overall, this week has been good. Um, lots of marking, which is annoying. But so I don't know if I, I probably haven't mentioned, but I'm volunteering with... Uh, this researcher who does work on um, HIV and HIV prevention and sexual health in Black communities. And I got the chance to attend this informal workshop meeting situation where I got to meet a few people who were doing, like in Toronto, in the community, who were doing work around HIV prevention and sexual health. And it was actually quite fascinating and productive and generative. And it's, I mean, it's been giving me an idea of some of the kinds of uh, career opportunities that might be out there in the world for later on. So yeah, that's what I've what I've been up to anyway. What about y'all, Curry? I have been um, riding a little bit of a high. I um, so I've been on the my husband and I have been on the housing market for at least maybe like two years now. We've been just trying like multiple times. For this week, we found this one property that we really really love that would give us the space at least for right now. It's not the dream home, but it's it's um, definitely um, convenient and serves what we needed to serve the purposes that we needed to serve right now. So we put in an offer. So prayers up for your girl that she'll get this house, honey, so we can have our yeah. own keys and limes, darling. Because Lord <laughs> knows, <laughs> my dad for parents, we need look at equity. I want something to him. Also, I want a pot for pissing and a window for true. true. I will be burying my soul before the Lord. So anytime I'm in your neck of the woods, they can't come over for look at that. So. Oh, yes, love. No, I tell you, Airbnb, come right over. And <laughs> I'm actually just returning from um, brunch. It was my um, one of my best friend's birthday. Shout out to Nico. Happy birthday. Um, we just had a whole weekend of celebration because in my celebrity, and some Kim Kardashian status. Um, and so we went to brunch today. Yesterday we had a good old Kiki at his apartment. It was wonderful. So, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm hungover or tipsy. Um, thank goodness it wasn't bottomless mimosas because they're the devil. But yeah, it's been fabulous. Uh, I've, I've, been, I've been great. How about you, Miss Glenroy? Well, well, well. I mean, long story short, I was in St. Vincent. I was doing this training um, with workers in government across all sectors. It was a training on sexual orientation and gender identity. Um, and it went fabulously well, in my opinion. Like, people came with preconceived notions. People People weren't sure what they were going to get. And in the end, I think I made a good impression. But more importantly, they got what they were supposed to get. Like, I look back over some of the post-test results. Like, the difference is stark. And this was just a two-day training. It wasn't all that I wanted to get into. But it went well. My co-facilitator did amazing. And I actually became good friends with the most troublesome member or the most troublesome participant I had. Because she went out of her way sometimes to just try to throw us off her game but I had I had everything ready for her I knew how to kind of like you're gonna be my bestie and we really legit became like really good and and had a great rapping session after so I am happy for that but I'm also happy to be back because I hate traveling it is draining it is exhausting and also traveling across the Caribbean is ridiculous because it takes days and it's expensive. Like it's actually cheaper to go to Miami than to go to the Eastern Caribbean. So what? It, yes, it is like, cause you have to, so if you're not, because most of the time to get to the Eastern Caribbean, you have to go through Miami or like I had to, I had to go to Trinidad and then, go, and then I have to spend that overnight in Trinidad and then go to St. Vincent. And that's like the usual route. Either you go one of those or you with uh, Caribbean airlines, which Island hops 
or you go the Miami route. It's actually very difficult to travel um, from Jamaica to the other parts of the Caribbean and quite expensive. My so goodness. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so much for CARICOM, her community travel and all that. Damn. Child, that's a story for mm. time and a broader discussion. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> suffice to say though, I mean, I never had any kind of border issues at all. And especially when I was going through Barbados, I mean, they said them that got angry me. But maybe because I did night, so everybody did tired me. They got through quick, quick, no problem. Not, they might even ask for women to stay on all of them somebody. I make a catch up on my yard and them somebody. No, we got you easy, easy. So, yeah. Um, it was a nice little trip. Um, it was my first time in St. Vincent. Um, quite hilly and the chocolate bread, nice. So, yeah. All right. Had a good time. Had a really good time. And, you know, I've been having some good times after, but that's a, that's a discussion for us. Oh, yeah. 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 You got no yeah. <laughs> Oh, gosh. So, today, um, our topic is, help me out, Kareem, I'm forgetting. Our topic for today, honey, is, um, and Cornell cleverly coined this one, nails, heels, gowns, crop tops, fans, and capes, a conversation on feminisms. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. As the cape queen. I mean, just to clarify for our listeners, we said femisms, not feminisms. We're talking about two different concepts here. Uh, what we're really trying to do is have a conversation about, uh, I don't know, what some might call gender non-conforming behavior, but what we would call stepping into our greatness. Bad, so, bad. Bad, bad. Yes. <laughs> okay, so as discussed, we're going to start with you, Cornell, as the resident... <laughs> Gay, you know, breaking out of your shell, doing your dance classes and whatnot, coming into your own womana. Tell us, um, what has your journey been kind of experimenting with gender expression? I mean, I feel like I'm pretty, I'm still figuring most of it out. I, I am not as um, bold or as daring as I hope to be in future. I recently started wearing heels in public, which for me is a huge step. Uh, actually, the first time I wore them out in public was at Kareem's birthday party. <laughs> um, and I was lucky to have Kareem present to support my choices. I laughed <laughs> the entire night, you know, in heels, standing and yeah. dancing to do. Um, How long were the heels? Because I don't know if I could last an entire night. Standing and dancing in heels, like how big were they? I mean, they. I think they were maybe like three point five. And to be fair, they were block heels, not like stiletto type heels. Um, so they weren't too bad. They were, right. yeah. So outside of heels, what what else have you done? Like, uh, oh, uh, I mean, I don't know if this counts, but I I recently got into shorts a few years ago. Okay, perfect. I mean. <laughs> I, I wasn't much of a short person growing up. I was self-conscious for some reason, but um, yeah, again, stepping into my greatness, short shorts are a whole mood. So once it's above 20 degrees, it's it's a good time for, and I mean, some would argue that I, you know, wear short shorts longer than I should, seasonally speaking. Um, but I figure I live in Canada. How often do I get to wear shorts anyway? So there's that. I mean, the other thing too is I, I think... I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how, to what extent, me getting my hair locked was was me trying to. Yeah, I guess that would be be a part of Let's it. Actually, start there since we are all um have fabulously flowing locks. Oh, oh, yes. Okay, well, how did, you, how did you begin? Like, why, what What was your kind of origin lock story? Oh, well, to be honest, I think my lock story is probably similar to all of y'all's. From, you know, your, your growing up, you're always a flash of ear when you talk. You're always like, kind of push it back when you talk about the edge. <laughs> For me, when I finally um, got to the point where I had a kind of certain level of freedom and confidence to start this process of, you know, because um, I, I, I put in extensions first because I wanted to start long like a bad bitch. <laughs> and then I'd let it grow under it. And then after a while, like, I took out the extensions and let it grow naturally. Uh, mm-hmm. And I only started coloring last year because I wanted to get to, to a point where I was sufficiently comfortable with where it was before I started experimenting in a certain kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. But honest to truth, God, I feel like if an, my hot girl face really did start with the locks. Like it did technically start a little bit before because once we didn't have money, I could have buy up the clothes that we want that, that were sufficiently tight that could show up my body and all of them something there. That's when I started to come into my own. But I've always had a vision of myself in my head 
from me then at high school, that's why back in high school, I was that at girl. Uh, kill me dead. I was that vision that I had in my head. Until later down in life, like college, we realized that bitch, you really aren't that vision. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I got the bread and the coin to do that, I started. Um, I passed. That is the coins. The coins are important because just when you, have, when you have locks, I feel like lock every minute. I palm roll it costs. Tell me that. <laughs> um, wow. Oh, oh my God! I totally forgot the question I wanted to to ask. Oh, oh, right. So I was gonna say I feel like I I didn't or getting my hair locked had a bigger effect on my confidence than I expected, and so I was like high key feeling the fantasy because it's like um, the wind. I yeah, flash it when you right? and you can speak and be dramatic with it. Absolutely, absolutely. Amy Chandler does something. Okay, tell me about the dying though, because I've been considering dying mine, but I I'm a bit concerned about like it being damaged. Oh, it can't. So I would. So um, my first I first did it, died the tips red, and I have a very funny story about a poem I written. I had written once, and an image of myself with blood, but with blood tipped hair, and that's where that came from. But that's a, once again different discussion for a different time. I'm a low key mad. <laughs> um, okay, so. You do have to bleach it if you want certain colors, and because of that, I am. That's why I kind of went to went back to black because I want to kind of maintain it a little while before I do something a different color with it because I do have an idea in mind. I think I'm gonna put in a nice purple streak in it, you know, do that Casey representation, but you know, still a bad bitch vibe. So yeah, but because you have to kind of bleach it, and that does damage your hair. So. I actually wanted to bleach my bleach it and have silver hair. And the, the good people down at Tia's Hair Salon, down on Streatham Hill in London, were like, bitch, no. We are not going to allow you to do that to your hair. So <laughs> as much as I wanted to look like Storm's son, I ended up going with Glen Rufferson. I got you. I got you. I support that. Also, that's where the name came from. Okay. Because I was thinking the green fires of Maleficent. You probably never look exactly like that, but that was the mood. Right. <laughs> Um, I was going to say, so in addition to like maybe being interested in a, in a more like kind of like femme presenting es- aesthetic, one thing I was thinking about was uh, we didn't really get a chance growing up in Jamaica to like know what our hair looks like. And so I was like, I want to know what my hair looks like in its natural state. And so the lock journey has been a kind of opportunity to like see what my hair looks like, how it reacts, what it does, um, how it feels. And um that's been a really kind of like interesting and fun experience and it's also a really like uh illustrative way of like marking time seeing how you know what your hair looks like after a year of growth and so yeah, on that's um so fucking true because i started to cut but i think you make a very valid point about how especially us as boys we are our hairs are kept under so much scrutiny and 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 control that you don't know certain things like you don't know like like as you start to grow your hair all the rules about um how often you're supposed to clean it how often you're supposed to do it which new products mm-hmm. you need to try to kind of maintain the healthiness of it because all you're used to is washing it and then cutting it after it gets to a certain point so you're forced into this world of hair care hair care and if you don't have good people around you to kind of direct your path your hair can end up looking real janky absolutely and I would, I would add to your earlier point about it costing coin. It also like takes a lot of time because when I got um, my locks done, like set up the first time, that took me like a good 11, 12 hours. And that is not something I want to go through. Nine hours, um, bitch. Nine hours. Stress. Mine was 12 hours. Mine was, I, I got, um, for me, having locks or dreads was well locks because there's nothing dreadful about them right. <laughs> um for me getting locks was just as close to being how can i say this without sound as if i'm um because people always think like because i'm so I, i'm so um i don't know feminine presenting people always people always befuddled by me they want to know if i'm trans if i identify as a woman or anything like that but i wanted long hair um as a way to kind of like get in touch with my feminine side so mm-hmm. i don't know if anybody did this growing up but anybody remember tying a towel right around your hair creating a ponytail yeah. or <laughs> yeah. having it just hang it was just it was just your inches bitch or 
How about just um, putting it in that bun where you wrap it, wrap it, wrap it until it's tight and then wrapped it in that bun? Like that, um, probably like, um, who 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 is that all the time? Maybe like an India Ari or um, what's her name? Erica Badu type situation. Right. So for me, getting locks, and I remember Courtney in high school, we used to talk about lock, getting locks like all the time. Remember? I don't know if you remember the yeah. conversation. We used to getting locks like all oh, the time. Yeah. We imagine them being so long and just flowing things. So when I got mines, I started with the extensions because I was just like, no, I'm getting this because I want the length and I want the inches and I want to be able to put it resting all on one shoulder. I want to do a high ponytail. I want to do a, I want to do all of it to one side, like Alicia Keys back in the day or whatever. Like I just, I wanted to do it all. So I remember getting the extension. It was the longest 12 hours of my life and the most expensive thing I've done for myself to date um, because it's not just buying the extensions. It's also paying somebody to install them. So Lord knows. Um, but I wanted it. And it was, it was, it was, it was my way of showing up and embracing my femininity. And, um, and I, well, you know, not until here, like not, I think for me also plays into that conversation of like being in Jamaica and wanting so bad to, be able to do something that, you know, that represented your whole self and being like coming here. Like when I came here and I actually did it, I felt like I didn't need it because then I had all these other modes of expression of, um, you know, being myself, of exploring my femininity and so on and so forth. So now I just have them because they're already there and I've already invested in them. But for me, it was just that one thing that was going to make me um, show up as, you know, masculine presenting, but still have long hair that when I play with it and when I style it myself, because even now when I get my hair like retwisted and styled, I don't like get the traditionally masculine styles as people right. would claim them. Um, I get, every time I go to my hairdresser, shout out to, to Shawnee um, from Crave, um, from Locked Cravings. Um, when I go to her, all of my hairstyle references are women. Because I don't, I ain't get it just to put it back in what, the lobster roll or just to put, no, I want, I want the buns, I want the flowers, I want the petals, I want everything. I just, I ain't get it to do all that. But I've found, since then, found other um, modes of, ex, of, uh, of, um, kind of expressing myself that doesn't necessarily limit me to just my hair. Okay. Then you want to No, but like I said, big up good girl Noel who went who she did do the nineteen hours and she basically did do it for free. Although after that I paid her, I try as best as possible to pay her for every time she did it because she was a good friend of mine at the time. And um, I've, I've, my hair has been done by many different hands. And it's either people that I'm close to who are in the community and have these skills. And they, I mean, they can do them, but they don't necessarily make a career out of them. And for me, it matters that I support the people in my community as opposed to going and finding a regular stylist who can um, do it. And, you know, they can get it done and do it professionally, but at least I'd rather support those that support me kind of vibe. So, like, Anika is one of my daughters. She's done my hair. She, she's kind of my regular right now. Okay. So, for the next person, kind of look a bit stressful. But, yeah. So, I like doing that. And I like supporting community members. Um, so, big them up. Because they've kind of cut some of the costumes sometimes. Because, you know, say, we don't always have it. And it kind of points to, like, oh, like, up girl, let me not get up. Oh, they have to, like, do... That's how they can maintain them looks. And people always make little smart comments about how, oh, yeah, hot girl, but you know, are you, you're hot, you're like, you can't afford X, Y, Z. But I'm like, no, there are systems there where they can support each other and don't necessarily pay the prohibitive cost to look a certain kind of way. So I'm glad I'm able to access that because, trust me, if you need to do the air of London, it really did. That's why it did to three, four times. Uh, 70 pounds! Stress. Um, okay, I want to respond to, to two things really quickly. So uh, Kareem was talking about, you know, getting his hair done and standing and such. And I find, so I mean, initially I assumed that um, my queerness or feminist or whatever would be more um, pronounced after having locks. But it's a really interesting dynamic where I am assumed in some cases to be oh, more straight. The idea that, you know, people are like, oh, yo, dread, blah, 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 type thing. And I was like, oh, true, okay. So, I mean, I'm interested in hearing maybe a little bit about like how people have responded to um, your kind of like aesthetic change. But the other thing that Glenor was talking about in terms of who does your hair, I was having a conversation with a friend uh, yesterday, actually. Well, no, was it today? No, today, actually, because I just got my hair done today. Um, And I was talking about how 
I was reflecting on my experiences, you know, being at the barbershop and how that was like Uncle. a very interesting space in terms of like being policed around heterosexuality and having to, trying to perform a certain kind of um, masculinity. So I didn't get like treated weirdly at the barbershop. But the the lady that I go to now is a woman from the Caribbean who, you know, still, I mean, my impression of her is like, she's not particularly like queer friendly. So I feel, so I feel even in that, in this kind of situation, I'm still trying to like police myself in, in a certain kind of way. Is that something that you've had to deal with at all while getting your hair done um, for the locks or even there? Well, ones? the gays in Jamaica, because we, we frequent these salons. I think after after they kind of place us and realize who we are based on our gender expression, there's a space in the salon for us in a certain kind of way. Um, and tr- I love going to salons. Like, I mean, when I always get the vibe of my but, but with the one I went to, to London, I got that right vibe where I sit down and kiki and talk people business while good here and we had discuss mm-hmm. how it's gonna look next time and then kind of something there and that's the kind of vibe i love um and you're right you can't necessarily get that at the barbershop because of the kind of performativity and the way they exclude us in the converse exclude queerness or marginalized queerness in the conversation so but no like i think when someone is in your hair it's quite intimate you must be relaxed at all times and for me that's why i like having family members in my hair because then it's yeah. really a good old kiki and that's what I love about the process. Okay. For me, it wasn't until I started going to um, my new girl, Shani, that I started being like having that intimate experience that Glenroy just described as it relates to like getting your hair done. Um, so I live in New Jersey, but the section of New Jersey that I live in is very much Caribbean, it's, um, as in all Caribbean nations are represented here. And so a lot of the barbers, naturally, are from these said Caribbean nations. And so when I go in to try to get a shape up or anything like that, I find myself policing myself. And it's very difficult. If anybody like listening knows me, it's very difficult for me to serve butch um, or serve trade. I, I, like, I can't. Like, at this point, I've given up. Um, <laughs> to the point where... <laughs> no, for real. Somebody said, Kareem, I'm going to think you forgot Jamaica by yourself. You can't go survive Jamaica. Like, you can't shape shift for save your life. You can't code switch for save your life. So, like, I've, I've given it up. But, um, I, like I said, it's largely Caribbean. And so, of course, they're, like, centers of, like, um, hyper-masculinity and toxic masculinity. And so... I've never had, like, I've, I don't find myself being relaxed in those situations. Um, and we could talk about that because when I, even when I go to the Jamaican restaurants, it's the same thing. But even like the girl that I went to, she's Caribbean. We didn't necessarily have that, like, you know, goody wagwan type of moment. Um, I, she wasn't like indifferent towards me, but she wasn't necessarily what? like embracing me altogether or like, you know, helping me to be relaxed or taking me at my shell or anything of that sort. So, um, you know, it wasn't until I started seeing this new girl that I was able to like, just go in and we could, we could talk about my love life and she didn't seem to be like, you know, like freaked out, weirded out by it or anything like that. It could just be a mutual conversation. We're just both engaging in just whatever it is. I'm sorry, me need that. Like, me care, I go do me here. I mean, not, you're not telling me, oh, oh, your life, I go, I'm here to the oh. Well, I mean, I don't always, I mean, when, when I'm kind of different in terms of how I engage, like, different people. So in terms of, I'm never ever going to talk about my love life with, with people who aren't close to me. But suffice to say, I should feel relaxed and it should really feel like this is a, Sufficiently close enough girlfriend that we can sit down and feel all right with you in my ear while they are telling me what I want and all the command where you talk to stay bad and all of them something there. Because when I get the vibe there, when I feel like my dad is alone. But then I also mix up on Kayleigh's. So, so I, I want to get into your specific uh, aesthetics in a, in a second, but I wanted to ask if there were specific people or icons or references that you had in mind or have in mind in terms of like how you kind of um, think about your own kind of like, I don't know, style or, or, or fashion sense. Go ahead, Kareem. So honestly, um, I think when I first started, I didn't, I don't think I had one. I have one now. Um, that's actually like challenging me now to like even push, push the boundaries farther. But when I started, it was really just me seeing things and having like new access to them because I just I, I I had migrated and now I'm just like okay I have access to these things I could find these things like for the longest I wanted I wanted a pocketbook I wanted a pocketbook so bad but just to do and drop the bag and I'm an elbow pit 
Ox Cornell and the rest of my friends. In high school, I had the one strap bag, right? You know, you wear the one strap bag. You, t- you don't wear it cross, um, cross with the chest. For me, I had it on just on one shoulder at a time, right? And so that gave me a certain kind of like, you know, element of femininity. Or I would try to shorten the strap as much as possible and drop it right in the elbow pit, right? And still walk around like it was a pocketbook. But it wasn't giving me the same thing. So I came here and I got the pocketbook, right? And that was good for me. I So it was just me picking and choosing these different things. Um, so I didn't really have a style icon. But now, honey, Miss Billy Porter has changed the game for me. And now I'm just like, sweetie, hauntsy. If she can do it, if mother can do it, that's my new fairy godmother. And it's so ironic because now she's going to play the, um, the fairy godmother in the new live version of Cinderella, which is, I can't wait. But he's my new style icon now, and I just is the grandmother to all, yeah, to yes. us all. But, um, but before Billy Porter, and more recently, um, I was working for uh, this one guy, Rodney Gilbert. He just passed away like two years ago. May his rest in peace. But I was working for him as his assistant, and he was just this out fabulous gay man that was serving you all up. Like I, like he, if. Him and Billy Porter were in a room. You wouldn't be able to tell them apart. And this man, I just loved how he he didn't walk. He glided. Like, he just, it just looked like he floated. And the moment he entered a room, it was just, he was like my epitome of, if I wanted to be out and a professional, like an out black man, flamboyant black gay man, like that, like he was my standard. And he still is. Um, But he served looks and he had pieces. Um, And I just, his essence and his aesthetic was really a, appealing to me and I started to like pull inspiration from him like as of late but when I just moved here and I was just like exploring my queerness and you know the spectrum of my queerness I just I didn't I don't think I had an icon back then I think for me um ever always growing up like I said there was there was this kind of image of myself forming and I've always loved drama and flair and and, and some extraness I've always liked that so even when I was growing up, I'd be the type of person to have on a t-shirt and a little button-up shirt kind of opened over it, but it looked weird. It looked nothing like what I wanted. But the idea, it was that I needed to have something that was blowing in the wind. And that was kind of like the base of it. And I guess I'm very much influenced by the the, the extraness of Disney. I think that's just the best way of to get it. So think Disney villains. Think once upon a time version of Disney villains. Think... Um, even certain like strong female leads in like whether it be video games or comic books or anything like that, I'm I'm enamored by that that kind of the conceit and the and, and the drama of it all. So that was really like that's where where I go to and that's the ideas that I try to when I see things and I look for pieces, I look for excess, I look for something that's gonna give me regal but edgy somewhere in the middle of that. So um. That's where some of the things that I that I know where because I mean I had to get to a point where um, following because when Xavier was alive and Xavier was my best friend who passed in two thousand seventeen and he was um, he was coming up as a designer as well so he would like work with some of the crazy ideas that I have and try to bring them to life kind of vibe um, and then once I started being able to kind of pick clothes that were closer to what I wanted for myself in terms of the size and the fit and stuff like that then I started to kind of create an image for myself. And then, of course, I finally found the capes. And they were truly like the jumping off point. So, and then the capes and also the hairstyle. The, I mean, the locks and the cape kind of came in. I mean, the, the locks came first, but then the capes came. And those two kind of melded together. So I just keep trying to challenge myself to add something else because it's, it's a constant thing. I've always loved fans and I was always looking for the big fans. So when I finally got it, Yes, that was it. And then the crop top is a way for me to challenge myself to kind of also love certain parts of my body. But I'm also like looking for like different things. Because right. like I said, I want the excess. So like a split sleeve, I'm looking for split sleeve jackets so y'all can send me suggestions and buy, buy me shit for Christmas. Like I'm looking for those kinds of stuff. All right. Okay, so actually you're you're going into the, the direction, well, you're leading into my, my next question. So in terms of your specific... Um, aesthetics. When I think of you, Glenroy, I'm thinking of, you know, I'm thinking of the capes, long capes. I'm thinking of like red high-heeled boots. I am thinking of like long legs. And so um, I guess I'm interested in, and then when I think of Kareem, I'm thinking of like 
a big ass handbag. I'm thinking of nails. I'm thinking of a updo. You know, some kind of like styled shoes and like some kind. I mean, uh, Kareem is is always quite <laughs> an event when when he goes out. But the, the question that I'm thinking of is like, what do you want your your style or your clothing to say about you? But in addition to that, uh, were you at any point concerned or afraid of like being in the world in that way? And maybe like, how did you come over overcome that? How do people respond? Um, what is yeah? How do you navigate some of that? Uh, so for me, so like, so I mean, I guess I want. I, I always joke that I'm an evil queen, but truly that is the aesthetic I'm going going for. Like if I could merge Regina Mills with Bellatrix or Stranger, but make it out like a black woman, right? that would be it. So whatever, wherever I'm going, it's kind of, I just always want to have that, that excessive regalia vibe. And my friends always laugh because I'm always that extra bitch <laughs> that shows up. It's something unnecessary. Because one day I showed up to work with the wand because I bought Bellatrix or Stranger's wand um, at a toy store in London. But it's a part of the look and it's a part of the vibe of Moan Gopher, like <laughs> crazy villainous. So, um, and for me, I guess because I'm in this state, and all of this, of course, kind of coming into my own started while I was working at JFLAG, and that has kind of helped me to be able to mm-hmm. not be afraid to do certain things. Um, and for me, I have no fears about looking bad. I rather look bad on my own than have someone else kind of decide my look for me, even if that look is, I mean, objectively a good look. I want to, I think. I never had the chance going up to kind of figure out my style between while I was in my teens. So it's very important to me now that I have the, the finances to do so and the opportunities to do so, they kind of slowly build out that image of myself. So I think what I don't do right, but I mean, it just comes to the territory is that I don't buy like look, I don't buy like a full look when I'm shopping. I go for pieces that uh, sometimes it makes it very difficult to come up with an outfit for an event because then I just have all these fucking random pieces that don't always make sense together. Um, but I try to find those things that speak to me and then work through my closet to figure out what will go well to kind of highlight this piece that I want to showcase. And I had a corset once. I'm going to forget one next one because a corset, it was a fucking vibe. Ziga didn't make a corset, it was a fucking vibe. Um, and I was right. So I want to kind of get back to some of that so I get that excess and, and just kind of slowly figure out where I want to go because in a few years time it will change maybe I'll shave off the hair and try something new uh, maybe um, I'll no longer wear heels because low key as much as they, they make that booty pop um, they're uncomfortable but I want to have... I remember if I wait too long a woman lawyer can't have no baby I come to the point where my alright fit to take a man with a, with a picnic already you know so that not really fit <laughs> but yeah um i just want like slowly figure myself out and challenge myself because maybe two years ago i would not have worn heels because i thought oh my gosh this is so scary i don't know if it's scary but yeah being able to see myself as being capable to pull off certain looks is not something i've always been confident about and so i have to slowly try new things in very safe environments around my friends chosen family um and then if it don't work my friends will tell me i won't listen right away because more i make the mistake for myself but more i try it and then the next time i'll get it right and that will kind of follow the image i have for myself kareem what's your journey been like um i think for me i never i'm like your favorite auntie like your bougie auntie <laughs> that comes to the backyard barbecue in the summer, in a full-length fur coat and a big-ass handbag just because I have access to it. Um, I don't know. I like being a statement. And so, like, I, I, I identify with Glenroy. Like, I like buying statement pieces um, just because. And it's funny because I'll go in and act all shy and coy. But I, I like, I mean, I'm 6'4". I'm hard to miss. I'm going to give you something to look at every time you look at me. Um, and it changed over time, right? I thought... It, the way I showed up in the world was partly political. Um, part of it was just for me. Like, I really wanted to try these things that I was seeing now that I was living here. I see people wearing, I see men wearing heels and so on. I was like, oh, where did they get that? I want those. Um, then I got introduced to drag queens. And I'm just like, oh, 
okay. And then the gender non-conforming, I was introduced to that term or gender fluid because, again, growing up in Jamaica, I didn't really have that those terms that describe my experience. I'm just like, oh, I think that's what... Ooh, I think that's what I am. Okay. So I started playing around with it, started adding layers. Um, my nails became a little bit more exaggerated. Um, they were my nails, but now that I was getting acrylic on them, whereas in Jamaica, I would keep them at a moderate length and just put the, the you know, the clear top coat that have you feel like you're, you're wearing nail polish, but you know, it's just, it's just enough so you could still remain under the radar. But now I get my nails shoot. Now I have rhinestone on my nails and stuff and my nails like, enter the room before I even get there. People see them and just like, oh my God, I love your nails. And I just love the reaction that people see um, of a man because I love when people call me he, him, his, even when I'm presenting in heels and stuff. I, I just, I don't know. I just hate the idea of being boxed. And so that's where the political part came from. It's just like, you know, it's this whole gender thing that you have, you have it all messed up. It's like we're all fluid beings we could do whatever makes us feel good you know that that's just where i was coming from but on the flip side of that um i found myself becoming very self-conscious because then there are sentiments like oh if you're going to present like a woman you might as well do it right or stuff like that or um you know going up in heels that you can't walk in or putting on something that you um like clothes that were marketed for women but you, it's not flattering on you, and just kind of like those sentiments that would, um, that would come up. I began to police myself a lot. Um, like even today, we went out to brunch, and I was wearing some black he- um, heels. There were these um, ankle boots, um, and they're like these four-inch heels on them. And I never knew that we we're going to the mall afterwards because normally I wear my heels to the event. I take them off. I go back home. I'm not necessarily like parading around in them. Um, which is another thing that I'm challenging myself to do, to like just wear them. And so we went to the mall. I didn't have change of shoes, so I had to walk around in the mall in them. So I was very like self-conscious about it. But then there was this one guy um, coming from the opposite direction, and he was looking at me, like sizing me up, and he went, yes, gal. And he didn't know Jamaican, so I was like, yeah, you. I mean, and that made me feel good because in my mind I was just like, okay, whew. I don't look a hot ass mess out here. Um, somebody recognized me, and not just somebody, my person, my family, a Jamaican gay man saw me and gave me the approval, which is two words. Yes, gal. <laughs> um, but um, it's, I mean, I love it though. Sorry, really quick thing, Kareem. I'm thinking, so your point about approval reminds me of the time we were in New Orleans and you were walking on the street and you were getting so many compliments from like black men. So, I mean, own it. Right. Thank you. Um, that's, that's where I'm at. And that's what, you know, that's, I think with this whole Billy Porter wave and just seeing the reaction that he's getting is literally like has empowered me to even just like push the envelope even more. Like now, normally I'll go to the women's section and I'll be very selective about what I take from there. Right. So I'll get maybe like a cape because it could pass, maybe it could pass as masculine, you know, to the, to the um, unknowing eye. But now I'm just like, shoot, I don't care. I like this. This looks good on me. I'm going to take it. And now it's to the point where my mom and I are literally <laughs> fighting over pieces in the store because she saw it and she wanted it. And I'm just like, no, sis, I got it first. We could share it. And then just the other day I bought, we were in her favorite store, Ashley Stewart. And I went in there and I got like these three fabulous pieces, right? And one of them she wanted, but she left it. I went back. I saw it. I picked it up. I paid for it. And I left. Now she saw me in it, parading in it. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this with a turtleneck and some skinny trousers and these boots and blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, Kareem. You know, I might want that though. I should I did my one. Just give me. Just give me. I'm like, sis, after I wear it, she said, well, when they wear it, they take the picture. Don't post it to me. Wear it. I said, excuse me. Like, <laughs> Like, I'm the son that she comes to the borrow pocketbooks from and so on and clutches and accessories. And so, like, it's just all these things that I'm now playing around with that I don't really care about showing up as masculine or feminine. I just I just want to be that bitch when I enter the room. Like, I want to see you. and I, I want you to see me in gag. And that's I mean, kind of um, the response that I get. Uh, and I so love just it. one thing I want to kind yeah. of um kind of echo is the sentiment of the political aspect of it for me especially even though i mean capes was definitely something i always wanted to do and it's and then the heels i tried and i'm falling in love with them and i want to experiment with them some more uh to make myself a bit more comfortable comfortable in them 
the political mattered to me, especially, but for me, it came from the place of we demonize femininity a lot within the LGBT community. Femphobia is a thing. No femmes is a thing. And given the space that I have within the community and the work that I do, it was important to me to be seen as visibly femme um, or, and openly saying I'm a queen and joking about stuff like that and publicly claiming that title and telling people when they come for me, it's, it's queen to you. Um, because it was, and to me, like a, queens have been at the forefront of these movements. And so now that we've gotten to a point where we get a kind of mainstreaming, we think that, oh, the queens need to be pushed to the side and we have the more traditionally masculine guys come to the front. And while I think it's important that they have space, it should not be done at the expense of queens. And we shouldn't maintain patriarchal attitudes towards femininity. So for me, and even though I don't think I'm necessarily the most feminine, because even though I will wear certain feminine articles, you know, I, I wax and wane based on how I feel and what I can be bothered with. Um, but it's important right. to me that whenever I'm, I'm doing something, when I'm trying something new to own that femininity and to own the fact that, like you said, Karim, as a man, I can be feminine. I can be fucking fabulous while being feminine and still be a man. And that matters to me. And it matters today to people growing up, coming up in the community right. that you shouldn't be ashamed of being the feminine one because truly you keep this community alive just by being. Yeah, I just like pushing back. Like to, like even now with my own nephews and I'll hear like a family member say something like, um, yeah, but like a gal or um, you lie down too much. Like, yeah, man, you know, sit on up, man. Or just those, those like, I don't know, those outdated stereotypes of what a man or a woman should. It's just me, the way I show up and the way I dress, it's just me pushing back against those things. And um, and I love it. I love when especially yeah. older people see me and <laughs> they're just, right, like they automatically assume that I'm a female and I'm like, oh no, I'm a male. Um, one of my friends was trying to get me to cut my beard off completely. Like, why don't you just go with the look? And I'm like, because that's not what I'm going for. Like, I don't feel the need to cut off my beard completely um, just to look like a girl or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm not bothered by that. Um, but I just want people to see that this whole thing called masculinity um, is doesn't look exactly one way. And it's time we stop pressuring young boys to look like that. Sorry. Right. I mean, and I would just add to what Lenoir was saying. I was hanging out with this guy the other day and I was wearing heels and um, he didn't make me feel, you know, any kind of way about wearing heels. And I, I, I was like too surprised by it. But again, that's because, you know, the majority of our interactions with gay men is that like they're judging you for um, performing a certain kind of um, femininity, which is like, Femophobic, but also like a, a weird kind of like internalized homophobia even. And I would say that like, um, maybe adding on to the point about, uh, you know, the kind of political aspect of, of how we decide to uh, be in the world. I feel my most powerful when I am in a pair of heels. They feel great. And so we should be able to like stand in that. I think. Yes, it sure is. Yeah, I did want to ask a question though. So, in what ways do you think has Jamaican culture like opened up space for the kind of uh, I don't know excess or extra performative or like expression, creative expression, generally speaking? But also, how do you think um, your expression has been limited? Because I'm reflecting on some of the some of the arguments or the points that. Glenora has made in the past about, you know, dancehall being queer or even thinking about like how um, people within dancehall culture um, engage in a culture of ex of excess. Um, so I maybe want you to think about, yeah, how, how, how might, you know, Jamaican culture or dancehall culture specifically, you know, open up space for that, but also how the kind of like general um, sense of you know, homophobia or femphobia in certain pockets might also reach. Well, I mean, a dancer, I never thought, bro, dancer are queer. I mean, it's a very it's a controversial term, but if you look, it was dancer that was making men wear tight pants um, in like late, like mid, that late 2000s, early 2010s. And it was dancer that was pushing the envelope in the kind of colors that men could wear. So in as much as dancer has all of these rules about how and when to perform masculinity and femininity, it still somehow provides space for people to, break barriers and, 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 and move the needle forward in, it, 
in its own kind of way. Remember in the 90s dancehall, people that got party naked, woman did a got party and all that or something. So I think dancehall, because of its resistance of the kind of Christian forms of propriety that are dominant within um, the performative nature of Jamaican culture, dancehall got provide space for the outside of thing. And we have to recognize that a character like Keith Shibata Ramsey is fundamentally a dancehall character. Shibata is a dancer. If you ever watch Apicana, you fully understand that. And even if you look at stuff like Dear Dream and Pink Wall, those gossip sites, no, the, the extent to which that they feature queer people, even, even as a ridicule, but still provide space and feature those images in its own kind of subversive way, it it, it it makes it provides a kind of visibility that to the ways in which we express and challenge norms. And trust me, a long time between them out here, uh, uh, they're on the front lines, and all sorts of things, I wear them heels, I buy them makeup in stores, I walk in at a supermarket and I create excitement. There are all sorts of different pockets, of, um, pockets where people do all these queer rituals that are slowly opening up space. But of course, if you're not connected to the community, if you don't live in Kingston, you live in a rural area, your ability to kind of access that is limited. So in as much as it is slowly growing, there's still a lot of ways in which if you're in certain spaces, you have to police yourself. You have to measure, like, when, I'm, when I come out of a car in heels and where I step in that heel, it, it's something I still think about um, just for the fact that I, won't, I know I won't always be safe everywhere. And of course, when you have you can't run as fast. So you have to think more when and how and where you show up, but it happened little by little. I'm enjoying your perspective, Lenoir, because as somebody who has been and like always, like when people ask me, like if they I introduce myself and I tell them I'm from Jamaica, they immediately ask me about you know homophobia and you know how is it there and blah blah blah. And I always like make sure that I um, start by saying that I don't live there anymore and I've been far removed from the um like i haven't been back since 2012 so i can't give an accurate um description of how you know lgbtq people are being um received in jamaica and so on and so forth and i could just always reference my own experiences so to hear you talk about this is very refreshing but also because um i haven't been able to like every time i mention the thought of going back home which is a large part of why i haven't been back home just yet is the idea of how like when people come to visit and they see me right and they compare me back to the the kareem that they knew in jamaica it's always like the kareem now would not be able to navigate jamaica or survive in jamaica like they would just pick me out instantaneously so it's good yeah it's good to hear i mean i'm not saying jamaica doesn't have its problems and you don't have to think about like i said where i know you show up but i think it's important to understand that in as much as there, there's a Kareem in New York, New Jersey, slaying every day, there are some daring-ass queens that have made it possible for me to walk around a hotel in heels and show up at certain venues in heels and capes and stuff like that. And then you have my sisters like Christian Kim who do it fearlessly and, you know, we sh- I end up on Pink Water or something like that. So um, it's happening. And I think a girl like you these days will prepare for a girl. Prepared for you, and there are many spaces you can go the way you dress and just be fierce, <laughs> darling. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, to I guess kind of wrap up, I wanted you to think about like in terms of the next stage of your evolution, or if there's something that you've wanted to do but haven't got around to doing or trying. So, for example. Um, I would love to try drag at some point. I already have my name picked out. Um, What's your name? Okay, so my name is um, O period Hail No. And No as in French No, so N-E-A-U-X. Oh, Hail No. (laughs) And if I was in Drag Race, I would be a pageant queen because I'm just trying to look cute. (laughs) Um... So, I mean, that's something that I'm hoping to uh, get into or try exploring at some point in, in the future. But are there things that that's on your mind in terms of, like, exploring I want wings. expression, creativity, and so on? Like, I've been trying to find a good pair of wings. That good old Courtney Ooh. Act wings. I want wings. Um, and there are different oh, yeah. things that come in my mind. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> and like I said, that split sleeve jacket. I, I want to find a pants with, with a good skirting as well. I, that's something I've always wanted. Um, anything that, that, that just screams excess and drama. But definitely the wings. They're on my bucket list. 
cream? I think for me, um, the biggest, like my biggest um, contention now is trying to figure out what professional Kareem is going to look like. Because um, I remember when I started my PhD program, I ran and I bought all these suits. And I was just like, I, I resent those suits because I, I don't feel like I look good in them. They're not any, there's just the regular pinstripes. I don't like them. So um, I like, I've been thinking about what would the queer professional Kareem look like, right? So, cause Kareem can give a look and he can slay and he could show up to the awards ceremony in the fashion show and blah, blah, blah. But in terms of like pushing the line and trying to limit in the professional arena and in academia, especially um, seeing what that would look like. For example, I'm just like, okay, the next conference coming up, I should bring a pair of heels and just go present in my heels and see how I'm received. Um, okay, maybe I should wear a pair of heels when the next time I lecture or next time I teach my class and see how that's received. Um, so I've been doing that day by day. I've been introducing just like these other layers and see how people receive it. Um, and it's not necessarily I'm doing it for them, but for me, it's just like, I just don't want to be uncomfortable in this space until I can be comfortable elsewhere. Um, but it's just kind of like testing the culture and seeing what it's like. So that's that's what I'm working on. What does the professional Korean look like? And if you listeners have any tips and ideas, um, <laughs> please. Um, uh, but most of my things is, I think is gonna have to be like custom made because the way I want to look and the aesthetic that I want to give up, I don't see anybody doing it. And so I, I just don't know where to get it, at least in my side, because I'm a woman of a certain um, size. Yeah, and I would suggest so. like professional attire. Um, no. <laughs> think African, um, think, non-traditional forms of professionalism because suits are very Western. So think non-Western forms of looking professional because I think they give you a bit right. more wiggle room in terms of bodies and gender. and how I've been doing that. I've been doing that. I have like this sick cape that I wore um, and the professors were just like eating it. I got it from this, in, this store on Halsey Street called Asian African Formula. And it's yeah. just this cape that like covers my shoulders and it's just African print, and I was just like, "Yes, this this might be it. This might be." And I go, to, I go to her to make me things now. Um, she makes me capes. Glenn wore some capes that I know you would love. Oh yes. Um, so I'm not gonna have, have to make one and send it for you. Um, but yeah, I've been. Oh, you heard what I said? I would love that. I, I would love that. I accept gifts. No. I okay, not a problem. Not a problem. I get, I'll, 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 I'll get to it. That's Christmas. gonna be a Christmas oh, gift. I get to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess we'll leave it there. And for sure, we'll shout out some of these folks on the um, on our socials. Um, so if you want to get in contact with some of these people who are doing great work in terms of like hair and fashion and such, um, you can check us out on Twitter at the Fish, at Fishy Podcast, Instagram Fishy Podcast. And please, as per usual, email us at fishdpodcast at gmails with suggestions, feedback, comments, and share all the love. Um, thanks for joining us for another week, and we will see you soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye.